Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us today as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation, America, right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. And it is a great day in the USA. Hey, folks, before we get into the show today, I just got to tell you something that uh, I, I just can't sit still, can't be quiet about. Uh, as all of you know, that uh, Jane and I both are people of faith. And um, one of the reasons why we moved up to Colorado was not only uh, to expand a footprint and all that type thing, but because uh, it was an ideal place, uh, we thought, for her to uh, convalesce, recuperate. And, uh, you know, we spend our lives together here. And uh, so the other day, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, um, my wife, um, as you all know, is a breast cancer survivor and, um, she is, um, uh, valiantly, valiantly fighting it. And, um, we, uh, ran into an obstacle where she was really, really ill. I mean, really ill. And so, um, uh, a week ago, this past Saturday, this week ago, this past Saturday, I um, called my children, all of our children, together and um, let them uh, hear the, the news that we had to report about um, uh, our, our mother, our grandmother, our wife, you know, uh, my wife, uh, my companion for 46 years in April, 46 years. I mean, she was down, really weak, really down. Got the kids on the phone, uh, and it was a big tear fest and all that type thing. So uh, we prayed. And, of course, I had notified my pastor. I talked to my pastor, and I want to thank him for coming up and uh, being with us um, over the weekend. Uh, he and his family going uh, to do some uh, letting the hair down a little bit here in, in the Rockies. He came. We prayed. My children and I, we prayed on the phone for my wife's recovery. Well, that was uh, a week ago, Saturday, this past Saturday. This past week, in seven days, I'm talking about the power of Almighty God. I'm talking about the healing power of Almighty God. Hear me now. Uh, we're going to get to all the, you know, the hallelujah stuff and all the Trump stuff and the Bloomberg stuff here. But I got to tell you this. Within seven days, and on the seventh day, actually, uh, she and I were out gallivanting around almost like old 
times. We're not uh, ignoring the fact that uh, Jane still uh, does is a breast cancer survivor. We, we we're, we're not ignoring that fact that she's a breast cancer survivor. But uh, we're certainly not ignoring the fact that uh, our God is an awesome God. <laughs> yes, and uh, and that great, great is. Our God and uh, anyone who is a believer and believes that you can uh, say amen. Well, hey, listen, folks. Um, <laughs> when I consider people who are running for office. Used to we really really wouldn't think about. It. I guess John Kennedy. Well, he wasn't a billionaire. Uh, the Kennedy family may have been a may may have owned billions, but um, John Kennedy himself was he was a multi 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 millionaire. There's no doubt about it. He was rich. <laughs> oh, John F. Kennedy was rich, and I guess uh, Franklin Roosevelt had plenty of money. Had plenty of money. Teddy Roosevelt had plenty of money. Many of our founding um, presidents. They all had money. They had money. Um, very comparable to what, you know, presidents uh, that are running for office today would be worth if um, it was all, um, you know, put out there, laid out there from with the, you know, inflationary adjustments and all that type thing. George Washington, Jefferson, uh, probably just as just as wealthy as um Trump or Bloomberg, maybe Trump, but Bloomberg, well, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> and that brings me to what I want to talk to you about. Now, you know, and I know that people like Trump and Bloomberg, when it comes to um, knowing what to expect from the media, they they're very savvy when it comes to that. Make no mistake about it. They're they're very savvy when it comes to that. But this is the thing that most people uh, don't take into account. Most candidates, most politicians don't take into account. Uh, they take into the into account what the media is going to say and how that's going to be reported. And they have in mind what they're going to say in response to what is being uh, thrown out by the media. But what most of the time they are not in, uh, in attuned to is what the we the people are truly going to say and certainly think. Especially when you, you, we're looking at a, a character like Mike Bloom, uh, former mayor Mike Bloomberg of New York City. Stop and frisk Mike. Throw him against the wall and, uh, hey, y'all, stop, um, you know, arresting uh, so many white people. Start arresting more black people. Because, uh, you know, hey, listen, why? Why, Mayor? Why? Because that, that's where the crime is. Now, <laughs> there is some, you know, anyway, the hypocrisy of the liberals is capsulized in that. You can argue whether Bloomberg's right or wrong. Doesn't matter. He's not mayor anymore. But the hypocrisy of liberalism is capsulized in Bloomberg. No doubt about it. 
And not only that, uh, he he has to worry about whether people are going to think um, about um, this thing that Kellyanne, Kellyanne Car- um, Conway says that Bloomberg has a history with female workers worse than Hollywood access remarks. Oh, yeah. You see, the one thing, uh, I guess it, it runs a close second or third to being called a racist or an Uncle Tom or whatever you want to, however you want to put that in, in this world today. Um, the one thing that is really, really important to uh, understand is that you don't want to be called in present day America a misogynist, do you? No, no, oh no, no. You don't recall a misogynist in present day America. And and Mike Bloomberg, however, very well may uh, be being branded, and it's coming out of the Trump campaign because this is Kellyanne. I don't think that this is not by design. Okay, I mean, you know, hey, everything that comes out by someone who is spoken, who is in the campaign, believe me, it's by design. It's designed. And, uh, you know, that's a well, the, the, the president has a very well oiled machine. And so this comes out uh, about Mike Bloomberg. And, and, you know, the president said that he'd rather run against Mike. Then he run against then run against um, Bernie because Bernie has at least some organization that's significant. Bernie has significant organization, and the president's saying, "Heck, he'd rather run against Bloomberg than run against uh, Bernie." And you do know that most of winning is all all about who organized and who uh, put uh, money in the right ad spaces. Mike Bloomberg alleged Mike Bloomberg's alleged misogynistic behavior with a pregnant worker in his business empire was worse, far worse than President Donald John Trump sexist comments caught on Access Hollywood tape. Uh, White House counselor Kellyanne Conway said Sunday. Okay, now in an interview on Fox Sunday, uh, Kellyanne. Uh, said uh, pointed out that the report the reported history of Bloomberg's sexist comment about women including an exchange with a pregnant saleswoman whom he asked if she'd kill it huh wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute Bloomberg asked uh, this pregnant obviously visibly pregnant saleswoman who worked for him if she'd kill it, talking about the unborn child, yet, although uh, I think that, too, is a misnomer, the unyet seen child, because that child has been born into his mother's womb. Yeah, it has been born into his mother's womb. It just hasn't come forth for us to see it, him or her yet. Yeah. And so Bloomberg is saying these words. Would she kill it? Yeah. Bloomberg has denied her allegation under oath, and he reached a confidential settlement with the saleswoman, the Washington Post noted. Now, something wrong with this picture. First thing wrong. 
Bloomberg denied he ever said it. Yet, in the same sentence, he reached a confidential settlement. <laughs> now, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. In one breath, we're talking about a business owner, a multi-billionaire, multi-billionaire, mogul, former mayor of New York City, Mike Bloomberg, throw him up against the wall, uh, frisk him, uh, stop and frisk him, Mike, mini Mike. He denies that he said to a pregnant employee of his, would she kill it? But yet he settled with her confidentially. That was a cash settlement, evidently. Now, you don't have to wait for an election to be offended, Conway said, uh, adding. It's it's worse, far worse than the Hollywood access step. Uh, the way Michael Bloomberg treated employees, uh, that the way the the workplace that, that he had. I mean, this is Mike Bloomberg, one of the richest men in, in the world. But yet the workplace that uh, it was reported to be unsafe. Huh? To to feel like you're being harassed because of your gender, that goes that's going to be um, problematic. Now, I'm sure in that settlement that Bloomberg had with this woman, there is no she can't be talking about this. I'm sure there is a clause there that says she's not going to be talking about this. Right now, uh, you don't have to wait for an election to be uh, offended, as Kellyanne said. Voters talk about what offends them. They care about what affects them. And that's what I was alluding to when I said to you that many times these candidates only consider what the polls are going to say. But the polls many times are not reflective of what of what we the people truly think and are saying at our kitchen tables to our friends. It, it, it doesn't reflect that. And if a candidate is running, even though Bloomberg is rising in the polls, there's some things that's going on right now that can certainly stop him dead in his tracks. Oh, there's no question about that. And so this is one of them because I guess third in line to racist, you don't want to be called a misogynist, not in today's America. It can be very problematic. Uh, Kellyanne was was talking about this, Kellyanne Conway, and Conway also defended Trump's involvement with comments about Department of Justice cases, asserting other presidents have done so as well. It's not correct to say presidents have interfered, she said, noting President Barack Obama uh, commented on the Freddie Gray case. There's no doubt about that. Uh, The president has not asked or directed the attorney general to do anything, she said, but noted that Trump believes there's some uh, two-tiered criminal justice system and that it's um, evidenced in the case of former deputy director FBI Andrew McCabe. He lied. 
she said, deriding him over a small <laughs> potatoes. Yeah. So anyway, that's what's happening, folks. That's what's up. Bloomberg uh, is going to be under fire. And even though uh, some were hoping that he would be the savior of the Democrat Party, he's got problems. Now, there's one thing you can say about Bernie. Bernie uh, hasn't had any uh, revealed problems with women, has he? Not Bernie. Bernie's a socialist. He's honest about that. You know what? <laughs> just to, just to, you know, ruffle some feathers out there <laughs> for come for for just for just for uh, kicks. Um, regardless of what you may think about Bernie Sanders, this is what you have to look out for with Bernie Sanders. As far as his political ideology is concerned, he's an honest man. And friends, uh, you can believe this or not, that is attractive to young people. There is no, no guessing about Bernie Sanders' political ideology. He is a socialist. He's unashamed of that. He calls himself a democratic socialist. But <laughs> let's take it a step further. Uh, you know, as others have said, Lindsey Graham, others have said, I'm saying the president has said, and he's a communist. But this is this is what you better take into account when you uh, understand that you may not see Bernie Sanders coming because he has legions of people who are very attracted to his honesty. And, and um, even though he is a communist, the unwashed, uninformed masses who are attracted to free stuff well, they're attracted to free stuff. And it has been said, I believe it is uh, Rush. Pray for Rush. Pray for Rush Limbaugh. But I believe it was Rush who said, you, you, you can't, uh, it's hard to run against Santa Claus. It, it's, it's tough to run. It's tough to beat Santa Claus in a race. And Bernie Sanders, to young people, is not only a Pied Piper, but, hey, he's Santa Claus. Trying to bring about a utopian-type society, by very definition, cannot possibly exist. Because you're dealing with social problems in that utopia. That involves people. We'll be back. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. Don't go anywhere.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA right here on the CL Bryant Show. Thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Shout out to our flagship's Uh, station red state talk and uh, also to our friends over at loving liberty and liberty roundtable along with the other terrestrials who replay us throughout the uh, day 12 noon until 2 p.m daily download free vcl bryant show if you don't get both hours of the cl bryant show wherever you listen utopia Utopia literally means um, no place. (laughs) It's it's so great that uh, it's nowhere. Utopia. That's that's the meaning of it. Uh, It means no place. Nowhere. Now, uh, the Greeks, uh, and God bless the Greeks, it um, means a good place to them, but it's an imagined place. Are you hearing me? The progressive liberals with their giveaway policies, you know, um, everybody gets a turkey and uh, chicken in every pot, car in every garage, college education for everyone, it's free. Go to the doctor whenever you want. Pay nothing. It's free. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we're going to help you uh, with your housing. And you're going to be able to make, oh, shoot, uh, $30,000. I think it's $30,000 a year, whether you want to work or not. Utopia literally means nowhere. No place. Which also means it's a place that does not exist. It's an imagined place. Utopia. Um, I think the Webster definition, here it is. Yeah, the Webster definition of that is an imagined place or state of things in which everything is perfect. Key and operative word. Imagined. It's an imagined place. That is, you know, that is what uh, Lennon, when John Lennon, uh, the Beatles, um, John Lennon, co-founder of the Beatles, Lennon and McCartney, great poet John was, and he 
coined, he, he um, um, authored a song called Imagine. And it was a song about utopia. You may say I'm a dreamer. And that's what it is. It's a dream. It's an imagined thing. Utopia is. But prophetically, Lennon was saying he's not the only one. He hopes someday. <laughs> Legions of people are joining that imagined place that Lennon sung about. And the iconic song, Imagine. No possessions. I wonder if you can. No need for greed. No hunger. A brotherhood of man. It's a utopia. It's an imagined place. And what you are falling prey to is the whim of people who want to live in that utopia. Are you hearing me? But This is the end all to that particular pipe dream. And in case you don't know where uh, the the term uh, comes from, we're we're talking about people who uh, used to do opium in opium dens in many times in China area, Chinatown of larger places, I guess, San Francisco or New York or New Orleans. They'd smoke opium. They'd smoke. They'd hit the opium pipe. And they go to dream. They go dreaming. And sometimes they'd be able to remember what they dreamed. And they would tell people about their dream, their magical mystery tour dream. And um, that became known as pipe dreams. (laughs) They were high. You know, and so the the um, Democrats, the progressive liberals, are they high? Are, are these because this is a pipe dream? A chicken in every part of car in every garage, not happening. Oh, you could try it. You could try it. You could try it. But it has been tried already. People have already tried this. And the fact of the matter exists. The fact of the matter is it has never worked any place that it has ever been tried. That utopia has never worked any place. Why? Because the definition, the very word itself means nowhere. It means no place. It's an imagined thing. It is nothing that's real. And the very fact that you would put people in utopia is an oxymoron. (laughs) Uh, You can't put people in no place or nowhere. Uh, And let's just say that uh, utopia was a place or somewhere with the placing of 
you or I in it. Well, it's no longer utopia, is it? I'm talking about attitudinal instead of longitudinal. Yeah. So that's what they're trying to sell you. That's what Bernie's trying to sell you. And he's honestly trying to sell it. Bernie believes what he is selling. At least he makes us believe he believes it. You know, if Bernie really believed it, he'd give his money away because he is a millionaire. I wonder, I wonder, did Bernie give any of that money to border people at the border? Or, uh, you know, I wonder what Bernie did with that money that he got from that book, that bestseller his book. Oh, yeah, Bernie, Bernie has a bestselling book. I wonder what he did that money made him a millionaire. Bernie was not a millionaire until he wrote the book. And you want to know something? Old Bernie, God bless him. He's 78 years old. Old Bernie. He's going to live the rest of his life. Um, whether he becomes president or not. If he, listen, Bernie should hope he loses the nomination of his party. He's certainly going to lose any race if he gets the nomination against Trump, but he should hope that he loses the nomination of his party. Now, this is the jaded side of me coming out, but hey, quite frankly, Bernie looks like he has less headaches, more money if he loses the nomination of his party. And he can cry for the rest of his life. They, uh, cheated me <laughs> him and hillary oh they could go on the tour this the the they I, I hillary could do the america cheated me tour bernie could do the democrat party cheated me tour and then they could come together on the stage and talk about how hillary cheated bernie out of the nomination how she should have never been the nominee herself now that's utopia that's no place that's not going to happen <laughs> That is just as much of a happening for us as Bernie Sanders becoming a, a moderate if he becomes president. But you know what? Um, there have been every just about every time a uh, president who looked incredibly liberal got into office. They found it a necessity to become moderate. But Bernie is so far to the left that I think the most moderate he could be is maybe, maybe Klobuchar moderate. But if you're going to go Klobuchar moderate, knowing that if she became president, well, she won't ever be Trump, but look at, look out for her in 2024. If Klobuchar becomes moderate, why vote for Bernie? Uh, Amy, I think, presents much better than Bernie does. And um, you better watch out. They better. The Democrats better watch out for her anyway. Now, um, you put 
Klobuchar on the ticket with anybody. And that's going to be very interesting presidential debate, a vice president, vice president, vice presidential debate. Mike Pence, Amy Klobuchar, Midwesterners. Uh, that, you know, the, you will actually see American value left and right, right and left on display because both of them are from the Midwest. I'd love to see that debate because it would give America a, a great insight of an age bracket that uh, need to be heard from, an age bracket that is indeed uh, coming into its own. Yeah, no doubt about it. Think about it. I mean, Donald Trump, um, Joe Biden, um, the Pied Piper, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. All of them are in their 70s. So the tier behind them would be in their 50s and 60s. And that's Mike Pence and Amy Klobuchar. And so um, that's going to be an interesting if if Klobuchar is tapped for VP and uh, she's making a run. She's going to have a case to be on a ticket here soon. And that will be a very, very good vice presidential debate. Um, Bernie cannot possibly stand on a debate stage with Donald John Trump without the mantra from Trump being one thing and one thing only. I don't care what Bernie says. (laughs) I don't I don't care what Bernie says. Bernie can bring up anything. The only thing Trump has to say is, I'm standing next to a communist who wants to be president of the United States. That Trump, all he has to do, if Bernie Sanders gets the nomination, all Trump has to do is look into the camera. It does not matter what Bernie says. (laughs) Bernie can say anything anything he wants about Trump. He can land a Joe Frazier-like left hook on Trump that seemingly should floor him, but it won't because all Trump has to do is look into the camera (laughs) at the American people and say, I am standing next to a communist on this stage who wants to be the American president. I am standing next to a socialist on this stage who wants to be the American president. Now, that will turn off those of us who many years, for many years, have been mobilized to go and vote. That will turn us off on uh, Bernie Sanders. We, it will mobilize us to go and make sure that Trump gets elected right now understand this now hear me there is a younger demographic of americans who actually feel that socialism is a better form of government because they only take into account 
the free stuff. Who do they believe will pay for this? It's who the Pied Piper has been telling them will pay for this. Who is the Pied Piper? Bernie Sanders. Bernie has been telling them that, and and so is Elizabeth Warren. Oh, yeah. So is uh, Ocasio-Cortez who may be primaried right out of the race, who, you know, might might not actually get a second term. I've said on this show, I'll have to go find it. One and done. She's out. They're sick of her up there. But um, this is what they have been telling the young people. And young people are, are somehow buying the socialist idea. But the president does not have to really say anything other than I'm standing next to a communist, a socialist on this stage who wants to be president. That's why he would rather run against Bloomberg than Sanders because Sanders does have an audience, a a, a solid wall that believes in his message. And this is, and I'm going to talk about a little bit about this uh, on the home stretch of this first hour. Coming up after the um, first hour, after the news hour, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver, one of my colleagues, Black Voices for Trump. She is National Federation of Republican Women, as well will be my special guest. Linda always brings uh, enlightenment to the show. But when we come back from the break... I want to tell you again why Bernie Sanders can it can be dangerous as a political opponent. Even though there are many, many people who are prospering that were not just three and a half years ago, they were not prospering. They're prospering now. Human nature bends toward greed. Oh yeah, it, it is one of it is one of the things that uh, are the enemy of humanity. Some call him the devil, the evil. That, that's one of the things that 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 evil appeals to is is greed. <laughs> It happens in all types of ways. We're not talking about food or money. What is appealing to what? What causes a a man to stumble is greed in many ways. And Bernie Sanders, socialist Bernie, communist Bernie, Marxist Bernie, understands. The human bent toward greed. I'll be back in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. Yes, I do. And I'm proud to be an American. Not an American. Yeah, American. <laughs> it always reminds me of something. I was watching this. Um, I didn't see it all. I didn't see it all. So about uh, 30 minutes of this film. It was um, Pain and Gain with uh, Mark Wahlberg and um, The Rock. <laughs> and this guy, uh, Oriental guy, was leading this uh, Get Rich type seminar. And he says, people boil down to two types of people, the doers and the donters, <laughs> the doers and the donters. It was, it was funny. And uh, before it was over, everybody was screaming, I'm a doer, I'm a doer, but, you know. And really, you know, the, the the bottom, I guess, uh, really, in, in uh, bottom line, um, it does boil down to the doers and the donors, those who do and those who talk about it. Those who do it and those who talk about it. It boils down to that. Oh, and there's a world of people who talk about it. And they're the ones um, who are the greediest. The doers usually do it, yes, uh, initially, because it's something they want to do. But they, uh, a true doer realizes that in doing, you help others, whether intentionally or unintentionally, advertently and inadvertently. You help others as you do. Um, donters, those who talk about it, the reason why greed can become a problem for them is because if they can get for free something they've al- always talked about, then that's right down their alley. That, I mean, they, that's their utopia. There's still no place. There's still nowhere. They're still imagining through their talk what it could be about. But now someone comes along like Bernie. This this is what makes Bernie dangerous. Hear me. Bernie appeals to that type of greed. The greed in receiving something that you did not earn or work for. Now, 
the, the truth of the matter is there are many of us, uh, many people around the, the, the world who have inherited things from relatives, parents, grandparents, what have you. But this is the thing most people don't realize about those who inherit. You have to hold, hang on to, keep, fight for what you have inherited. Yeah, that's even when it comes to character traits. Um, you have to stay away from ideals that change and modify your character trait. Huh? Core values are a whole different thing, but they're uh, closely related to your character traits. And sometimes they are, they are hidden altogether. Core values, um, uh, always they come through in the as many times in the in the crunch, but they can be compromised, and that's what I'm talking about as far as the danger of a Bernie Sanders. Your core values, American core values, have be, been being compromised for years now. Go all the way back Woodrow Wilson, further, and surely when we're talking about. Uh, fundamentally changing America, that itself speaks of compromising the core values of America. And this presidential election, that's what it's all about. Now, Understand, I do believe that black people are waking up. We're going to talk about this uh, with uh, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver on the other side of the uh, the top of the hour. Yeah. Uh, the compromised values that were passed to us. I'm a, a full disclosure, black man in America who happens to be conservative uh, on the radio. And wherever else. <laughs> uh, I know, having been on both sides of the street, hear me, former president, two-term president, NAACP, Garland, Texas, uh, 30 years ago, over 30 years ago, now, listen my core values were compromised because I believed, embraced something that was against my personal core values. I went along with the party line and the organizational line because I thought that's what I was expected to do. Not necessarily because I was all on board with it, but I wanted to uh, promote and um, help the people progress. It wasn't about me in that particular way of thinking. 
And it wasn't about me even when I was exercising that particular way of thinking. And that's where people make the mistake. That's where people go blind is that somehow we believe that the cause is all about us. No, the cause is about whoever is out front of it. Like Ocasio-Cortez in this Green New Deal. Somehow, uh, you know, and Bernie Sanders in this Green New Deal, even though Ocasio is saying, well, hey, that Green New Deal is going to cost a lot more money than maybe we thought it would, Right? That's what she's saying, right? Okay, well, check this out. <laughs> she's saying, well, Bernie may have to, you know, spend more money than he's saying on that. She even wakes, she's even waking up to understand that that thing's going to cost a whole lot of money, which will never happen. God, first of all, Bernie's never going to be president. Ocasio, I don't know if she's ever going to get another term. But... The cause that people are latching on to is not, it has nothing to do with them. Because, believe it or not, I don't care if you continue, if we continue to live our lives like we're living our lives in America today. And the Chinese continue to live their lives in a polluted environment, uh, especially in their large cities like they are Today, if we did that, if we continue to do that, to live our lives the way we're living them right now, with everything, environmental protection and all that, just like it is right now, uh, we would be here six, 500 years from now. And uh, we'd still be rocking along. So what is the cause about? The cause is about putting money in their pocket and putting them in office. It's not about you. It's about getting you to believe that they know better for you. That's what the cause is about. You simply promote the cause, but is the cause, and this is always the question you got to ask yourself, is the cause reflective of you? Now, check this out. Check this out. This this, will really blow you away. The cause that the Tea Party was all about was absolutely about who I was about and what I'm about. That is why I was a member, a part of it. Because it was about we the people, promoting we the people. And, hey, we did get some good candidates out of that. Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, uh, you know, all, Thomas Massey. All of them came out of that movement. Yeah. All of them did. They came out of that movement. Donald Trump, uh, believe it or not, is a byproduct of what, what that movement, that grassroots movement was all about. We were sick and tired of the way things were going on in D.C. and we wanted to change it. This president is actually the byproduct of that movement. Yeah. Hey, um, George Herbert Walker Bush, 
I never had anything good to say about, um, you know, never never said anything, you know, good, I don't think, about the Tea Party movement. Uh, neither did John McCain. Uh, John McCain called us uh, loony birds, nut birds, or whatever it was, nutty birds, or whatever he called us. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is the first president that actually embraced the same type of policy. America first policy that we the people was all about. That's what that movement was all about. He has been a champion of the people and hey, he's going to continue to be that. God bless him and, and spare him and, and our prayers are with him and he receives God's grace. It's, and that's another thing as far as religious liberty is concerned. There has been no greater champion of religious liberty in politics who has been president of the United States than Donald John Trump. That's easy to know. It's evident. There's no question about that. And so it is, folks. I thought that I was promoting a cause that was going to advance black folks. In fact, that's what the NAACP, the, acro- the, uh, the acronym is, National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. And I, I really like what uh, Reverend Richard Dockery said many years ago. Uh, he said that um, when asked, why won't, don't you change the name since, um, you know, colored seems to be offensive to some. Reverend Dockery answered, we will change the name. When we find a people that have no color or when the world becomes a place where people are not identified by color. Yeah, Dockery, we didn't agree on a whole lot of things. And I'm sure you gave the go ahead for my ouster uh, there with the NAACP. Yeah, but. I give you credit for that. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. So glad that all of you could come along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Dr. Linda Lee Tarver will be my special guest on the other side of the break. I'll be back. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show.
Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is uh, America. I want to thank each and every one of you throughout the fruited plains, blessed by God from sea to shining sea, for coming along with me daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. And hey, friends, everybody, uh, you be certain to download the free C.L. Bryant Show app and listen to the show wherever you go, especially if you don't get both hours of the show wherever you are. Hey, all of you know by now that I, along with many of my colleagues, several of my colleagues, are a part of um, Black Voices for Trump. But I, along with this particular colleague of mine, uh, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver, are, are privileged to be a part of an advisory board, Black Voices for Trump. She is also uh, also one of the great shakers and movers in this country, a part of the National Federation for Women as well. And she's going to talk about that along with some other things that help me welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show, my friend and colleague, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver. Linda, so happy you're back with us. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome, and I, God bless you. God bless you. Uh, Linda, there are so many things that we uh, need to talk about here today, but let's uh, start off by uh, uh, letting you uh, talk to us about your involvement with Black Voices for Trump, and how do people, first of all, Linda, tell them how to get a hold of you and uh, how to bring you to a place where uh, they are if they want to hear you talk? Absolutely. I have a website. It's lindaleetarver.com. That is lindaleetarver.com. And my email address is linda at lindaleetarver.com. That's Linda at LindaLeeTarver.com. And you can get a hold of me. You'll see a few of the things that I'm working on. I do book tours. I have two books now. Uh, I had one, Died in the Wool. It's a biblical guide for Republican women. And I wrote a children's book. It's Jesus Who is Christmas is Born. It is one of a trilogy of books. And I'm excited about that. I do um, political presentations and speeches and i lend my voice as part of the um black voices for trump and i will travel anywhere and everywhere to talk about our great president our great country our great roots and the greatness of the lord and so that is what i do um while i'm resting i'm also part of the member at large for the national federation of republican women and past president of the Republican Women's Federation of Michigan. So that's been quite an honor. And in 2016, I was the newly elected president, and we turned Michigan red for the first time since 1988 by giving all of our presidential votes to Donald J. Trump. It was a fantastic year, a lot of hard work, and I'm excited about doing that again across the country. You know, Linda, we're really excited about uh, the possibilities that, that are happening in Michigan right now for the president. Uh, give us your bird's eye view and on the ground look at uh, the Michigan um, uh, caucus up there for the president of the United States. How are we? How's that body of voters in Michigan looking? Can Michigan be taken again by Donald John Trump? Linda Lee Tarver. 
Absolutely. When the president comes into town, he is a rock star. He was a rock star in 2016 when he came into to Michigan. He was in Diamonddale, Michigan, when he challenged all voters that went across the world to especially to black voters. What do you have to lose? And he listed the obvious issues in our community facing me. I happen to be a black woman, but he listed the issues and the challenges so eloquently in that speech. And he respected the fact that he wanted to do something about it. And he he threw down the gauntlet and said, what do you have to lose? And he delivered on those promises. And he's continuing to deliver in the communities of color and for everyone. This president is called a populist because he wants to lift everyone up, not just pick and choose winners and losers. It doesn't really matter what your color or your whether you're in suburbia or you're in the urban areas or rural farms. Everyone has opportunity and is being lifted up and he's looking out for everyone. He's doing micro targeting into those areas, especially for those who have been left behind by other administrations. And so in Michigan, especially, he's doing a law enforcement um, uh, focus. He has a law enforcement commission first president to have one in 50 years and he's focusing in on detroit he wants to make sure that detroiters especially those living in the city of which i lived in detroit are safe that should be a no-brainer safety public safety he's also doing work in the uh for the opportunity zones and he's doing criminal justice reforms in michigan our michigan-led Republican-led legislature are following the president's lead in terms of automatic expungement and other things that are going to benefit people who look like me. And he is working on inner cities, making sure that they're safe, making sure that children have quality education and choice in that education. He's working with our um, Betsy DeVos, who's from Michigan, native Michigander, who is working to make sure that there's choice and quality education. Reading is fundamental, but we have some of the most terrible schools in urban areas, in Democrat-controlled areas. And we want to fix that, and the president wants to fix that, and he's going to do that. And I, I want to lend my voice to that one, too. You know, Linda, when as as we listen to what you're saying and, of course, uh, understanding that everything you have said uh, as far as the state of education in Michigan and uh, it's absolutely true, folks, it is absolutely so. And Michiganders uh, showed uh, their desire for change in this last presidential election. I do believe they're going to do the same thing. But, Linda, this is the question that I I have for you. uh, And that's this. Is the polling or at least the indications that there will be a major um, shift in black vote this presidential election are many black people going to stay home are many going to go to the polls and vote for Donald John Trump? Give us your take. Uh, if looking into uh, the Tarver crystal ball there, give us your take on how this turnout is beginning to shape up. So in 2016, when on the eve of the election, the Reuters and the AP were projecting Hillary Clinton was going to win presidency by 90%. 90% chance of winning. 
There was no way that Donald Trump was going to win. She had already picked out the curtains and had her transition team ready. 90%, that was the polls. Those were consistent throughout. And it did not demonstrate that at all. People are keeping their voting and their preferences very close to the vest because there's so much um, negative uh uh, repercussions for coming out of the political closet, as you will, coming out of the political closet as a black person to stand with Donald Trump can get you hurt in some locations. And so we found that we could not trust polls. I did an article. If you query, Google it, Linda Lee Tarver, art and the deal, Donald Trump art and the deal. It explained the the rise of Donald Trump, that the swell of support at all of these uh, these rallies that he had here in Michigan leading up to it was an indicator of the support that he had on the ground. And I still look at size does matter when it comes to rallies and the rallies and the people waiting in line and, and all of that. And if people have never gone to a rally, let me share with your listeners. For people to drive a couple hours, to stand in line for four to five or six hours, to then stand inside an arena for another three to four hours to get a glimpse of this president in nosebleed seats, you want to be part of history. And you will vote for that person that you wait for. And you will not only vote for them, you will tell everyone else to vote for them. And so when the pollsters say, you know, Donald Trump's positions and polls are not looking good and he's losing to Joe Biden, which is ridiculous. When those polls come out, they are really not they're not really in reality anymore. And that is why we had such a backlash of this women's. Uh, backlash then of the liberals. They just lost their minds because they believed the lies that the media told them leading up to even the day of the election. And when they believed their own media lies, that is where the, the problem of the Russians had to be stealing it. It had to be wrong because all of the polls were wrong. All of them were wrong. And all of the liberal polls and the liberal left TV shows and radio shows and and bloggers were wrong. And that is what caught them off guard. And they still cannot deal with the numbers that we see. Thousands upon thousands of people waiting inside and even outside, people waiting in sub-zero temperatures. I saw him in Battle Creek uh, and people, it was eight degrees in Michigan. Eight degrees and people were waiting outside for him. <laughs> That's no joke. That is no joke, folks. I have seen it. I've witnessed it on several occasions with my own eyes how people, you know, it's a great visual you gave to us. Dr. Linda Lee Tarver is my special guest, uh, my colleague on the board uh, for Black Voices for Trump and also uh, a shaker and mover in her home state of Michigan and uh, uh, former uh, shaker and mover in the National Federation of Republican Women and uh, still shaking and moving all around the country as far as political uh, events are concerned. And now one of the most important elections in my lifetime, for sure. And I've been around pretty good. Wow. Uh, is this one <laughs> is this one. And uh, Linda, let me ask you this then. Um, in this segment, we only have about six minutes left. And I want to uh, start probing this portion of 
of our conversation together. That is the shift in um, attitude uh, of the African-American black voter in this country. Is there an awakening going on and is there a catalyst for that awakening in your estimation uh, as to why the black vote is beginning to move? It's beginning to shift and and uh, sort of uh, shake itself awake. What's going on, Dr. Tarver? Well, there are two things I believe. One is definitely spiritual and the other one is practical. The spiritual shift for those who trust the Lord, believe in Christ Jesus, stand on the word of God, identify as saved, filled with the spirit of God, you know, um, a Christian. However, they identify in that spectrum of Christianity and faith in Christ. And um, they will see the left as an offense because they just cannot get behind the narrative, the farther left that the the Democrats have gone, particularly with their priorities. When a person who lives in Detroit or or in Lansing or Flint or someplace in Pontiac and Benton Harbor, one of our major urban areas here in Michigan, hears from the leading Democrat presidential candidate that the number one issue facing the United States is global warming and their children don't have street lights. They have to walk their children to school. The buses don't run on time. They can't get to work on time. They, they have, they have to get their pizzas and their um, Chinese food through bars and metal bars and bulletproof. They cannot even shake the hand of the teller at the bank because it's bulletproof glass they have very little options when it comes to public transportation in some areas especially in rural areas those the quality of education is poor you've got rats and roaches at school you bring in rats and roaches from the school to the house those issues when you tell somebody that the number one issue is global warming it is a disconnect um, spiritually for the people who identify as killing babies and saying that it is a reproductive health and it's a right that is pretty much affecting mostly black women and, and people of color. They can't get behind that anymore. Those handouts that were considered, hey, you get free this and you can get reparations, those are empty words and rhetoric. It just is not going to happen. And as people are getting jobs and enjoying this Trump economy, people are also looking practically at the fact that they themselves, now that they are in the workforce, because the low unemployment rate, they're going to have to pay for the promises that these liberals are making. But free everything and free this and free that. People who have worked themselves to get themselves through college and paid their college student loans and being told now that those coming up behind them don't have to now. That's problematic. And that is where people are just black folks are not buying it. They're not drinking that Kool-Aid anymore. And they're rethinking the options. They're rethinking whether they want to um, consider someone now this moral character. They want to paint Donald Trump as immoral. 
But my Savior has never been on the ballot. He's human. He's imperfect as I am. But we are not going to be voting for saviors on the ballot. And that is, that's, the, that's the point there. You need to find somebody who is working for you and yours, who is going to deliver what they promise. And Donald Trump has already done that. And they're giving him a second look as a result of what he's already done. We took a chance on him in 2016 that he was going to deliver on some promises. And now he's delivered on many of those. And he's delivering more. And so he is the person who is not saying that global warming is the biggest issue in the world. He's not saying, I'm going to give you reparations. He's not saying all of these ridiculous things. Oh, you can have free everything, health care and college. And it, you know everybody goes on one plan. We can be a socialist country and wow. take care of that. And it'll be great. And people are not buying that, especially black people that I know. Wow. So they're looking for an alternative. We're on with Dr. Linda Lee Tarver, and we're going to return with her. Linda, stay with me uh, through the break, if you possibly can. Uh, because, hey, folks, let me say this to you. Um, Dr. Tarver has uh, said something that was absolutely profound when it comes to the way we should look at how these liberals treat and have treated minority communities. Uh, who cares about global warming when you don't have street lights and you get a, 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 a McDonald's burger, your change from your um, banker, your, your teller, you can't even shake hands with them, not really make eye contact because of the steel bars. There is a disconnect. We're going to talk a little bit more about that with Dr. Linda Lee Tarver when we return with more of the C.L. Bryant Show. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily uh, from 12 until 2 Eastern every day. And if you're traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's, believe it or not. And right above that iconic building is the Red State Talk billboard about a block away from where they drop the big ball and 24 hours a day every day the cl bryant show does pop up there every hour and old cl's face is looking right back at you download free the cl bryant show app if you don't get both hours want to stay uh, thank our flagship station red state talk for inviting us into their family along with loving liberty liberty roundtable and all of the other terrestrials who replay us throughout the fruited plain hey i'm just one black voice for trump i'll return with another dr linda lee tarver after these words Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop.
lifted high. Our hearts are bowing in reverence. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. And I am really glad that you come along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation here daily. Um, we're on with good friend and colleague, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver. And um, of course, Dr. Tarver, uh, working in Michigan state government, she's providing uh, social service, you know, insight into that, including working in Detroit, giving out, um, uh, pointing out that welfare has been detrimental to our people, black people in the area. Linda has special insight uh, to actual problems that government dependency creates for Minorities and all Americans now, since you have the advent of Ocasio and Bernie and Tlaib and all the rest of the, the crew there, Omar and Presley. Help me welcome back to the show, uh, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver. Linda, you were, you are the author of two books. I want you to tell us about um, your latest work. Give us some insight as to the genesis of this book. Why did you write this? So my latest book is a children's story. It's a um, book about an angel. I took it from a perspective of C.S. Lewis, who did the screw tape letters. He did it from a perspective of a demon. And I, my book is the first of a trilogy to explain Jesus um, and his birth and purpose before the manger. And so it, it is the story of Christmas told uh, very factually, but in a um, in the vision of a, an angel. And it's for children to understand who Jesus is. Let me ask you, know. you this, uh, Linda, about uh, such a book. And we were talking about the president uh, just earlier. You know, as well as I do, that uh, Christians in this country, for I, I just can't believe how it's possible, but it's happening. We're actually being, in many cases, persecuted by the liberal left. And um, yes. this president has been a champion, not not only of uh, uh, uns- unsuspectingly black people and minorities in this country, but he's also been a champion of Christians in this yes. country. Talk to us about how that president and, and is is affecting uh, this nation, and does that make us as Christians feel more secure to have someone like him at the helm? Talk. We have one opportunity to get this right in terms of our freedoms to worship Christ Jesus in this country, and that is to reelect Donald J. Trump. In order to perpetuate socialism, which is a self-proclaimed socialist, Bernie Sanders, and the socialization of the Democrat Party. You need godlessness. Godlessness, God cannot uh, be welcomed in socialist countries. And so when the president talks about this country will never be a socialist country, ushering in socialism that might sound very um, desirable to college students or young people who are struggling, want to leave their parents home or what have you, on the streets or what have you, it might sound great, but we have had enough of the government being our fathers and our husbands. 
we I used to provide welfare benefits in the city of Detroit, and I can assure you that the children were raised by the government. The government was their daddy, and the uh, mothers, the baby mamas, they the government was their husbands, and he was deadbeat in both set cases. And he will be with socialism, but our president has honored God in his inauguration. He brought three people there, uh, Bishop Jackson from Detroit, his pastor, and um, and he brought Franklin Graham in. And so for his um, approach to this is my inauguration and this is the standard that I'm going to set for my presidency, he has Bible studies with his cabinet. Um, the vice president is unashamedly a follower and a believer in Jesus Christ and a disciple of Jesus Christ, he and his wife. And so he has set a standard to bring prayer back in schools, to defund Planned Parenthood, because those, again, for the, the people of God need to know that he is following the word of God when it comes to valuing life, the prayers and the cries of the people of God, to have a president that will honor their faith in him that will honor him and will not um, be politically correct and swayed by the those that are no longer serving him as we had in the past presidency. But this president has said and proclaimed publicly that Jesus is Lord and Savior. That that is out there in the the airwaves and on a uh, videos as well that he has acknowledge that our relationship even with israel what he has done with israel and as christians all of the things that he has done to ensure that the gospel of jesus christ can be preached unimpeded here in the united states he's gone even further for those countries like china that are killing christians china a communist country a socialist country china is killing Christians and other other um, Mid- Middle East countries. He is keeping those um, Christian refugees in the United States without sending them back to the slaughter. We've got so many people that are being martyred, and people are paying attention. People are paying attention that um, instead of saying Happy Holidays, you can say Merry Christmas. And just so you'll know, I was I was told that Jesus is the reason for the season that I put under President Obama. I put a meme out there on mine. It was flagged as being hate speech. Wow. I, that is not, <laughs> I am not kidding you. Wow. Hate speech. You need to look it up. Hate speech under President Obama. Jesus is the reason for the season. This was Christmas. Christmas time. Wow. And that was considered hate speech. While we're on this topic, uh, Dr. Tarver, I want you to I want you to comment also on the president's uh, visible, vocal uh, joining of the march to uh, bring attention to the plight of the unborn in this country. First president ever to join uh, that type of thing. Does that go along hand in glove with what you're trying to tell us, what you're telling us about Donald J. Trump? The people of God want to serve one master, and that is God. They do not want to serve government or or a man. They want to serve the Lord, and they recognize that when the people, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. 
They understand that scripture very well. But when the wicked rule, the people mourn. And he has allowed and taken off regulations. He has honored religious liberty in the law. People may not understand, but he is limited on his ability to do everything for everybody. He can do from his position as the commander-in-chief, as the president, certain things as it relates to the federal governments, and a lot of the states have their rights still. But everything that he could do to provide religious liberty, prayer back in school, prayer unimpeded back in the public schools now, uh, allow for charter schools and religious schools to benefit from tax dollars through vouchers and through um Uh, additional payments to allow for religious education, defunding Planned Parenthood, standing with those who know that it is uh, wrong and evil and sinful to kill a baby in the womb. He has been everywhere affirming the things, his place that he stands with God. And God has blessed that, that work. And so for the report card for a president, if we had to judge our president on his deliverables based on his job description, he gets an A plus. Absolutely. Expectations, exceeding expectations. Absolutely. We're on with Dr. Linda Lee Tarver. Have a couple of minutes left here with her. Linda, I can't uh, let you go without uh, getting your take on the Ocasio Cortez. It's the Bernie. Let's talk about this. This Bernie Sanders, Mike Bloomberg, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Well, I think Elizabeth's out of this thing. Biden most likely is gone, too. But uh, are the Democrats really scared to death that Bernie Sanders or even Mike Bloomberg uh, might emerge as the only possible hopes and uh, that they may have? Are there any alternatives that you might see uh, coming up on the horizon for the Democrats? They must be in a total tizzy. What are you talking about? I think that the, the people out there, especially young people who are listening to Bernie give out free things and, you know, hugging trees and and the like, they are liking Bernie. They have to watch out for their own young people. They have radicalized these people into identifying whatever gender they want to each day and each week. They have identified you can kill your baby in the womb. They have These young people are being um, trained in the public, public square and public universities uh, about living any kind of way. And they are going for Bernie Sanders. They are really going for Bernie Sanders. He is not a Democrat. He's a self-proclaimed independent socialist, and the Democrats are very concerned about him. They prefer someone who can pay for their own um, election. So I believe that they're looking at Bloomberg as being a good alternative when Joe Biden fizzled out and there is no hope for Elizabeth Warren at all. I think she's done. So it goes down to um, Bloomberg. And it goes down to Bernie Sanders. Is uh, is so, Buttigieg a flash in the pan, or is he somebody who's flashing now and might come back four years from now? Will America be ready for a Buttigieg type of candidate four years from now? What's Dr. Tarver's take on that? Well, I mean, the, the people of God have to look at what was done in the last administration to see how this is truly a candidate that has risen up um, primarily because he's gay, not because he because he is a, a, a gay man. 
not because he is so well qualified. He comes from or he comes from South Bend, Indiana, with little to no background, not even doing a good job there. He's propped up because he is an alternative to the he is he's a mantle for the, the liberal left. They have no problems with you know, his lifestyle and choices and marriage and being gay. And the Lord loves him just as much as he loves me. All I'm saying is that they like to bring in caricatures to come in to say, let's see what works. We had a black man. It worked. We had a woman. It didn't work. Let's see if we can do a gay man now. Let's see what we can do here. Let's bring in a billionaire to see if he can fund his own thing to see if he can go against another billionaire. Those those things are what they think of to to give some options again to give options to their base because that is their base it, and they are catering to their base. It truly and is, they, folks. It truly is. It is. It truly that's their is. Base. That's uh, that's very insightful, Linda. You're always insightful. Tell everybody again how mm-hmm. they get in touch with you and how to bring you to where they are, where they are. Absolutely. My website is lindaleetarver.com. lindaleetarver.com. And my email address is linda at lindaleetarver.com. That's linda at lindaleetarver.com. Thank you so much. And Linda and I are both uh, a part of and on the board, the advisory board, the inaugural advisory board uh, of Donald J. Trump, um, Black Voices for Trump. And uh, we certainly thank Dr. Tarver for taking the time to come on with us. Continue to fight the good fight, Dr. Tarver. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver. Again, God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show, coming at you live and in living color throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Hey, folks, it's always good to... uh, Uh, share and bring on people who share your uh, ideas and opinions. And of course, though, this show is one where you don't have to agree with me on anything. It's open for conversation. That's what we build the bridge. But there's a lot of planks in that bridge that uh, Dr. Tarver laid out uh, for us uh, here today. One of them, we're going to rehash over that uh, as we close out the show, and that is the hypocrisy of uh, the the Democrat Party when they want you. Uh, Linda Lee brought Linda Lee Tarver brought this up uh, in our conversation. And and it made me think about uh, the hypocrisy that goes on with Bloomberg and him being uh, misogynistic in 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 his leanings and that type of thing. It um, Dr. Tarver said that uh, what what do does anybody care in the inner city or about uh, global warming when they don't have streetlights and they and they uh-oh. And they have to uh, get a, a Big Mac through bars because uh, surely <laughs> the place would be robbed if they didn't. Surely the bank would get robbed 
You know, and it's the same way going into convenience stores in, in places like Detroit. Oh, you're not going to make personal contact with nobody. In fact, you're barely seeing their eyes. They see you pretty good. That's the way it's set up. They, they can see you out of the cage real good. But it's uh, not necessarily that you see in the cage. <laughs> and if I'm behind that cage, uh, you know, you start acting up, I'm going to have uh, Roscoe back there. Roscoe's always ever present. And so so she brought that up in, in a way that points out to all of us the hypocrisy. Why in the world would um, I care about global warming when I don't have uh, street lights. <laughs> um, makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does. You don't have street lights, and you're telling me that I don't have street lights, and you're telling me that I should be concerned about global warming that would be against my own self-interest wouldn't it to take on your cause throw myself into your cause when I don't have street lights in my neighborhood not doing it that's, that was the waking point for me. It truly, truly was the waking point for me. When I realized that I was uh, being used as a tool to promote someone else's cause, I found out that the only way to avoid that is you better have your own cause. Because if you don't, if you don't have your own purpose, if you don't know what your cause is and what your causation is for uh, moving on down the road, if you don't know what that is yourself, believe me, you will become a pawn, a tool in the hands of others who have identified what their cause is. Oh, you better believe that. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. Hey, I had a great time with Dr. Linda Lee Tarver just in the last couple of segments. We'll be back with the home stretch after these words. Don't go anywhere. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa... 
stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I CL back with you on this great day in the USA home stretch of the CL Bryant show. Um, Newt, Newt Gingrich is predicting that Warren and Biden will drop out. Of course, you don't have to have a crystal ball to see that. <laughs> yeah, no, Newt is, is one of the best prognosticators uh, around. There's no question about it. Although when you're talking about uh, Warren and Biden uh, dropping out, um, well, you don't really have to have a crystal ball uh, to see that. Um However, uh, hearing Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich uh, expects a four-person race after Super Tuesday, which he predicts will cause Senator uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, to end their campaigns. Gingrich also says uh, in an opinion piece on Fox News, uh, wrote that Warren was unable to translate being known in New Hampshire into getting votes. And she did. I mean, just of course, she's known in New Hampshire. It's her backyard. But um, getting votes, she did not. She didn't translate that uh, very well. And it's hard to imagine why she's going to uh, going to do dramatically better elsewhere. And she won't. She won't. He's absolutely right about that. And see, that's that's the Gingrich uh, opinion on it. And similarly, uh, Gingrich thinks that uh, Joe Biden is done. It's over. Everybody is uh, writing Joe's obituary, and and I, if if anybody, if he comes back from this, because he's at the brink of, um, he's at the brink, he really is uh, of oblivion. Uh, if he comes back from this, you're talking about a true comeback kid. There's no question about it. But he's losing every uh, week and um, saying bizarre things, <laughs> and he does. He does. I mean, you know, uh, you know, cockroaches and, you know, kids rubbing the hair on his leg and all this kind of, you know, he just says bizarre stuff, you know, and um, he, and Newt points it out. He's, his only chance is to be aggressive and get into um, a brass knuckles fight in the next two debates uh, before South Carolina. And that's about right. He, uh, Joe Biden has to make a spectacle of himself in order to be, he's going to have to do something. What that is, who knows? Everybody, yours is the best guest. guess. But he's going to have to do something is all new to saying. He's going to have to put on the brass knuckles and he's going to have to go out there and knock some teeth out. Before South Carolina, in order for him to um, have a chance. But that, that is not Biden's personality. Uh, plus, his first two presidential runs were complete failures. And they were. They were. Gingrich also um, had something to say uh, about Bloomberg, former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg's campaign is unprecedented in that we have never had someone try to buy the presidency 
so blatantly with the billionaire vowing to spend $1 billion of his own money on the campaign. And Bloomberg has already spent more than $300 million on advertising. So, yeah, I guess you can say that it is a blatant attempt by a rich man, very rich man, to buy the presidency. And the presidency has been bought before. Uh, you know, historians are pretty much agree that, you know, Kennedy's bid for president of the United States back in 1960 uh, was bought. And Nixon um, went to his grave knowing it, hating John Kennedy. Uh, because of Nixon knew that he should have succeeded Eisenhower. Eisenhower was a successful president. Nixon was a successful vice president. But it was that Kennedy-Nixon televised debate that made everybody say, let's go with the younger-looking guy, although I think Kennedy and Nixon were the same age. <laughs> But Nixon looked like he was Kennedy's dad, sweating on the lips and all of that on national TV. He did not; he was not ready for it. They had not powdered, powdered him down. He had a 5 o'clock shadow and all of that type thing uh, going on. Kennedy looked fresh, and he sounded different. So that was the beginning of what we see now as social media. Yeah, that that was the beginning of it. What we see now is social media. The president uh, himself expects to raise about ten million during uh, his Florida stop. Ten million dollars. He's a, a fundraising machine, no doubt about it. Uh, now Dems in um, Virginia. Dems help GOP lawmakers shelve Virginia assault weapons ban. Yeah, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam's push on uh, to ban the sale of assault weapons has failed after two members of his own party balked at the proposal and all of you throughout the fruited plains of America should be glad that this has failed in Virginia. I just can't see, you know, and I'm a southern boy, born and bred, hunting, fishing, you know, all my life. Uh, well, hadn't done it in a long, long time now, but grew up doing it down in the country on my grandpappy's farm. <laughs> Grandma and Grandpa, they had a farm. Jane and I still have it down in Grand Cane, Louisiana, and um, grew up hunting, fishing. Granddaddy had guns that was were always there in the house, loaded. Never touched them, never bothered them, unless he was going out to hunt. That was it. Guns all the time around my granddaddy's house. Loaded, never, um, never a problem. Not with me. Grew up around him. Taught from day one 
what they were, what they were for. And to me, the gun was because I was I was taught to shoot at such an early age. I wasn't, you know, um, in, in, in fascination of, of them or anything. It was just a tool. It's like an axe or a hammer or anything else. It was a tool. And uh, that tool, if you weren't going out to shoot something, which meant it was going to die, <laughs> you didn't touch that. And I knew that from an early age. And all of you, and I, I was going to say that I just can't see how a southern state can ever, a state that knows it has been akin to the land, I can't see how a southern state can ever fall in line behind banning any portion of the Second Amendment right that we have. Senators voted to shelve the bill for the year and ask the State Crime Commission to study the issue, an outcome uh, that drew cheers from the committee, room packed with gun advocates. Four moderate Democrats joined Republicans in Monday's committee vote, rejecting legislation that would have prohibited the sale of certain semi-automatic firearms, including the very popular AR-15-style rifles, and banned the possession of magazines that hold more than 12 rounds. And, hey, folks, um... You know, the musket was a state-of-the-art weapon. It was an assault weapon. Well, listen, Clint Eastwood gets it, gets it right and says it best when he says it like this. All guns are assault weapons. Uh, anything you call a weapon, a knife, is an assault weapon. Isn't that right? Yeah. The bill was a top priority for Northam, uh, a Democrat uh, who... Of course, blackface Northam. You can call you can call him blackface Northam. <laughs> yeah, a Democrat who has uh, campaigned heavily on a broad package of gun control measures, but this one, this one failed. Again, most black folks, uh, most minorities, most Americans, most liberals, even, especially the rich ones don't believe in banning guns because they have bodyguards especially rich rich liberals they have bodyguards hollywood types they have bodyguards so, so you know that they really are not in favor of banning weapons they just don't want you to have them and um right now virginia is the upper center of the country's heated debate over gun control and mass shootings. But mass shootings are prevented when mass shooters know that there are armed people. So the argument goes away quickly when you analyze the pros of gun ownership. The advantages of gun ownership. The argument goes away. But right now, Virginia, a southern state, is the epicenter of the country's heated debate over gun control and mass shootings. Tens of thousands of gun rights activists from across the country flooded the state capital and surrounding area in protest. 
some donning tactical gear and carrying military-style rifles. Yeah. And I'm glad that they showed up. And this is something that you should expect to be a part of. This is something that you should expect to see happening as we defend the republic that is America. You should know about it. Those things that are assault, that that are uh, being used as tools to assault your first and second amendment rights. The second amendment protects the first right, the first amendment right. Yes, it does. It protects it. And if it goes away, if Illinois, if um, Virginia can be successful, Illinois, of course, has the some of the stringent, toughest gun um, laws anywhere. But gun violence is not curtailed, is it? Of course it's not. So, stand firm, stand confident, stand up for America. That is your reasonable, reasonable service as a citizen. Stand up for the republic. Because regardless of your slant, regardless of who you are religiously, what have you, it is this republic that gives all of us our right to be free people. Let's preserve it. Well, I want to thank God for this day, and I want to thank him for bringing us to the close of yet another show. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL. And may God bless and keep you all. This road.